Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, guys and girls. The program you are about to hear will be both fun and educational, but it is not a substitute for medical advice. Although we are doctors, we are not your doctors. Hello, and welcome to Travel Medicine. As always, I'm your friendly neighborhood internal medicine doc, Dr. J. Hey, guys. This is Dr. Santosh, your pediatric infectious disease doc and researcher. Happy Spooktober. Happy return (laughs) of Travel Medicine to the airwaves for our ninth season. I know it's the second episode, but maybe somebody missed one or they're playing catch up. I just want you to feel welcome whenever you come back, whether it's (laughs) right away or you find us a few weeks later. We we appreciate you. (laughs) Please, please feel welcome because this is turning into desperation at this point. And um, no, we want you sticking around because as you're going to learn, life expectancy is dropping and uh, (laughs) we really need to hold on. To all our audience members, there's only there's only so much market share out there, Santosh. So, surviving listening audience, welcome to Spooktober. It is an alternate week, which oh means uh, a couple things. It's October, yes. which means this is going to still be at least a little spooky themed, as long as I can keep that going. Uh, it also means as an alternate well, well week, into Christmas, yes. <laughs> It also means that as our first alternate week of the season, it's time for everybody's favorite segment, Kermit Arms (gasps) Up in the Air, another Journal Club! Yay! Yay! (laughs) Oh, it never gets old. Nine seasons of Kermit Arms. But this week, the motif is body horror, meaning things that make you go... Ah! <laughs> now, for those of you who don't know your horror genres, 
Body horror are the classically movies, the type of movies that you see that really overrepresent uh just gross surgery, taking one body part off and transplanting it to another part of your body. And then a lot of gore coming out and mutations that sprouting extra limbs and faces melting off, like lots of stuff where the body is manipulated to make you go either ah or or something like that. So we're probably not going to get quite that graphic. Um, it's it's the <laughs> journal right. club, not the Halloween episode, but <laughs> oh, all of these involve some sort of alterations to the body that may cause a little bit of unease. But as this is a spooky episode, let's start with uh, life expectancy in the U.S. is dropping okay. <laughs> for the second year in a row. Yeah. Um, and according yeah. to the article I that first brought this to my attention, it is, in fact, the worst decline in a century. Now, uh, we're only about 20 years into this century, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I... Well, I do hope that our all of our wonderful folks do come and check out our links and the show notes and stuff, especially to fact-check us, you know, follow us on Facebook and Instagram and fact-check us. But... I think the big thing that really freaks you out when you're looking at this is to actually see the first graph that's published on here from the NCHS. It is not pretty. So the National Center for Health Statistics uh, has stated that based on available evidence, Americans who were born in the year 2021 can expect to live on average only 76 years. Um, Now, in 2019, the life expectancy for those born that year was 78.8 years. And before that, it was around, I think the highest we've been was about 80.5 years. Yeah, we had come to, you know, kind of a nice peak. It There's these small little ups and downs. Uh, and then you, we're going to talk about discrepancies in terms of gender, uh, or at least biological sex, and your kind of ethnic origin as well. But yeah, we had reached this beautiful peak when everyone was not fully taking care of themselves, but you know, there was a good social safety net. There was lots of awareness about exercise and diet. And in general, the big, huge health killers were kind of coming under control. And then, yeah, these last two years, we fell off a goddamn cliff. Two years doesn't sound like a lot, but what do you suppose could have happened between 2019 (laughs) And now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we really dive into this graph, what what do I learn from it? I'm looking at three lines. I see that uh, consistently female life expectancy is higher than male by about yeah. four to five years. Yeah. That's a, the it's a big total gap. <laughs> that the total life expectancy for humans in general is higher than that for any individual male member of the species. Yes. Yes. Um, (laughs) By about two to three years. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that the 2.7 life years of decline that were lost 
between 2019 and 21 is the biggest drop in life in, in life expectancy since the 1920s. So there's the century that they're talking about. The last time we had a drop uh, anywhere close to that was about a two and a half year drop around, let's see, 1918 to 1920. What? <laughs> weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird. It's all lining up. <laughs> it's so weird that at two ends of a century, both around the 20s, there'd be a two-year drop in life expectancy over two. What could cause that? <laughs> all right. Well, you know we are a science-based medicine type of uh, podcast, right, Josh? We we focus in on evidence and all these kind of things. That being said, I believe uh, Sagittarius was falling and Mercury was in retrograde. Uh, oh, oh, shit! Sorry, wrong notes. Um, sorry, <laughs> I've never that been was for so the... angry in my life. <laughs> sorry, that was for my. Um, it's it's for something else that I'm working on. Anyway, uh, <laughs> if you're writing an if you're writing an article for Goop, I'm gonna punch you right through the radio. <laughs> oh, it would be so awful if that was the way I told you that I was totally Doctor Ozing it from now on. <laughs> I would feel so heartbroken if that's how you found out was that I mixed up my show notes with my Goop podcast. No, no, absolutely not. That was completely farcical. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, th we all heard of the Spanish flu, right? Although it had nothing to do with Spain, right? There was a pandemic, and now we are suffering through a terrible global pandemic. Both of them were respiratory illnesses. Both of them moved viciously fast, and uh, both of them... There was the biggest factor in there. There was economic upheaval, right? And so you had poverty compounding on top of that. And you had some degree of resistance to the established medical wisdom, whatever that was, governmental or else. And in our case, Josh, the latest one, even though those vaccines saved millions and millions of lives, there were millions more that were lost because they weren't vaccinated in time or they refused to be vaccinated. It, it really hurt us. I, I, I think that and, was one of the number one And the thing that causes. was affected was the long-term effects of those who survived the disease. If you died from the disease, that's, that takes you out of the life expectancy oh. equation right there. We no longer expect you to live. But if you survived, when you're looking at things like long-term lung disease or now long COVID, mm -hmm. uh, that's where you're really seeing the drop-off in life expectancy. People, More people struggle with diabetes, obesity, heart disease, all of which are major risk factors of dying from COVID, not just in the immediate infection period, but also following. And not Every ethnic group has been affected equally by this. That two and a half year drop is an average. Native Americans, Alaskan natives uh, have had a drop of up to six and a half years of life lost since early 2020. So their average life expectancy is only 65, which was, you know, what you expected to live as an American in 1944. Yeah, that, that ranks... That ranks among third world countries. It is god awful. Whereas 
African Americans are living to only about 70 in 2021. Mm-hmm. And the longest live of our country's ethnic groups uh, is generally Asian. And even they dropped down to only about 83 years. So everyone has taken a hit, uh, but the native populations have by far done the most. And I think that comes into what you're talking about with access to resources as well as genetic conditions. Yeah. And when we talk about this disproportionate hit, when we talk about black people being hit in terms of life life expectancy, almost losing an average of five years, uh, uh, the AIAN population, so Alaskan, Inuit, and Native American or American Natives, and we're talking about 71.8 years, which was their average life expectancy in 2019, down to 65, so a six-year drop versus maybe a two-year drop um, elsewhere. And by the way, uh, the, the Latin American population as well suffering a, a really bad drop. This kind of disproportionate thing, it absolutely has to do with socioeconomic strata and, you know, really bad drop off in access to care. But unfortunately, Josh, that also means that those folks were also hit hard by kind of, you know, negative messaging, whatever it was on social media and that kind of a thing where we in healthcare had to campaign harder for those groups to go get their vaccines because there was more of a pushback in some cases because of very well-deserved distrust of the government and anything kind of official because of our past. Because of the horrible things we had done to their bodies. Yes, yeah. That's what we call a callback Mm -hmm. in the showbiz world. So (laughs) now let's get into some more of the spookier things about it. So if you were born before 2021, your average life expectancy still matches up with what it was for that year, minus whatever's been happening with your health since then. But in general, we're seeing a decline, which is concerning. So hopefully that'll turn around uh, soon. Um, now, Santosh, we're we're in full-on spooktober season, and you're starting to see those decorations grow go up around town. Oh, yeah. What are some of the traditional Halloween decorations that, that you tend to see? Like the most common, family-friendly, classic ones. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you've got to set up your pumpkins, right? And if you've got your carving skills down, you're going to turn that into an awesome jack-o'-lantern. We used to put candles in there, but nowadays we have beautiful LED lights. And you can put up, uh, let's see, witches and black cats, usually in silhouette on there. We have folks who decorate their lawn with false graves and then if you really want to get into it you have zombie arms sticking out of the dirt in front of cool, the man. grave Look, as if the, yeah i know you've been to my house i'm <laughs> asking you what what's the easy cheapest halloween decoration to put up that you don't even have to go out and buy it'll just exist if you uh, you know take it easy for a few days Oh, like if you just neglect not to clean around the house and that kind of a thing and let the spiders do their job. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
you know, to, to make that abandoned, creepy kind of look is, of course, the cobwebs. Now, what if yeah. I were to tell you that the next time you run out of bandages, Ooh, you okay. could just reach for the cobwebs in your basement as an alternative, right? People <gasps> love touching cobwebs. Think about how much we all flail around yeah. searching for them. <laughs> and I would also say that Peter Parker is a selfish little bastard because he made webbing and he could have been saving lives a whole nother way, but he just wants to swing around town, you know, kicking rhinos in the behind and whatnot. You're selfish, right? Parker. So cobwebs have long been thought to have antiseptic and antifungal properties they were actually used in ancient greece and rome by physicians to make bandages um now we've looked in the past into using bugs and bug products on wounds and supposedly cobwebs could speed healing reduce bleeding they're thought to be rich in vitamin k I'm not entirely sure why a spider would need that, but I cannot speak to its veracity or its uh, falseness. But Well, we do know in our own body, Josh, that vitamin K is used for clotting and in order to construct like fibrin clots and that kind of a thing and make tough type of fibers. Maybe it's the same kind of thing. I I guess. I I just figure why have an anti-clotting no. <laughs> in a spider web that, I, unless it makes it stickier. But either way. Yeah, yeah. So it's a tough, fibrinous kind of a thing. Um, Did you yeah. know that spider webs have been a huge component of folklore-based medicine uh, and Ayurvedic medicine in India? Cool. I I didn't know. I haven't studied a lot of Ayurveda and folk medicine, despite my my background. But that's (laughs) so apparently, yeah, there's the idea that spider webs have all these antiseptic properties and can entirely replace bandages has long been a component of and I'm emphasizing folklore rather than traditional medicine in India. This is an unsubstantiated practice. So Mm -hmm. one scientist actually set out to study it. And they took the topical application of, so in the folklore style, it's spiderweb and this powder, Azadiracta indica. Um, So the scientists made a biomaterial synthesized from physiologically clotted fibrin, Mm -hmm. bovine collagen, uh, the extract of this plant, and mixed it all up with spiderweb as the raw material. So engineered okay. this bandage made of spiderweb. Josh, along Josh, with a... did they did they harvest the spiderwebs from spider goats? Oh my gosh, I hope so, <laughs> but probably not. Uh, if you can throw in just a little show note in there about our awesome, awesome fiber goats, spider fiber goat, goats. yeah, spider goats, yeah. <laughs> um, so, but the work analyzed whether this engineered bandage from traditional materials actually possessed any wound healing mechanisms, and they used software online analysis that showed that when they analyzed it, that bioactive compounds were present. Whether or not they would actively promote wound healing is what the purpose of the study was. All right. And it turns out that the antibacterial activity 
was found to be dose dependent, meaning a large bandage might actually provide some antibacterial, but just flinging your hands through a cobweb, unlikely, (laughs) unlikely to provide any infection protecting. Sure, sure. So we do have to harvest things appropriately in, in probably even the folk medicine, it has to be prepared properly and then applied in some sort of a, a prescribed way to the wound. It can't just be, hey, grab me that thing out of the corner and swap and off you go. <laughs> but the really interesting thing about this study, separate from my my ties to it with spiders and cobwebs, is mm-hmm. that this scientist, this study from Jafari et al., really focuses on the reuse of bio-waste in, to turn into bioremediation. So it's looking Ooh. to recycle more unused parts of animals. So collagen, which promotes tissue growth and makes it easier to remove infected tissues, promotes angiogenesis, uh, could be obtained from sources like chicken, beef, fish, in various forms. And I'm sure if you walk down you know, certain aisles, at Whole Foods or fitness stores, you've seen collagen powder, particles, paste, gels, sponges. Now, <laughs> and that's that's nonsense, right? Because that's people actually trying to ingest the collagen. That's just going to be broken down in your stomach and turned into amino acids. Yeah, save uh, it for your astronomy yeah. article, Paltrow. <laughs> exactly. Now, now, listen, the reason that we don't tend to use bovine or beef and pork collagen is that they are more likely to be at risk for transferring, if present, spongiform encephalopathy, foot and mouth disease. There are ethical issues, certainly across regions and religions who Mm -hmm. may not want to use animal products. Uh, But the distinct properties of these animal products, such as biocompatibility, low Mm -hmm. immune response, meaning it won't set your own system off against you, causing the least amount of allergy. And you can get it from the same things we get jello and gelatin and things like that bovine Mm -hmm. collagen was noted to be particularly effective in this spiderweb bandage for second and third degree burns as well as diabetic ulcers oh that's so cool and we do have a background using this kind of a thing therapeutically for instance chicken hyaluronic acid is used for people who have joint degeneration in their knees and it can be injected kind of like a lot of synovial fluid into the joints. And just like you said, Josh, inert, it doesn't cause any inflammatory or immune reaction. And people can last for about six months where they've lost cartilage in their knees and you just have a substitute protein injected into that joint space, helping create a nice floating area so that your bone doesn't hit bone in your knee and you can go back to life for a while. So Applying this to healing our Band-Aid is pretty intuitive. That's so cool. So most of us, while we do have access to cobwebs, probably don't have a bunch of random pig and pork or pork and beef collagen lying around. But if you can get it, (laughs) in theory, you could synthesize a very large bandage, uh, maybe mummy style, to promote wound healing. Uh, Now, (laughs) let's move on from the ancient and skin and cobwebs to a little bit more of a futuristic horrifying idea. Oh, yeah. Hey, Santosh, are you Uh tired of brushing your own teeth twice per day? 
Boy, am I, Ron. <laughs> well, science might have a solution for you. Tiny, <laughs> shape-shifting microbots for your mouth. Because Ew, if Ron. That... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, so... listeners, that's the focus of a new study from researchers at the University of Pennsylvania who created prototypes for nanobots, a confidence-inducing word that can change shape to form bristles for brushing, slide between your teeth to floss them, and we mentioned that they can also release antimicrobial substances to eliminate dangerous bacteria from your mouth. <laughs> Teeny tiny robots crawling around your mouth and doing your work for you. There's no way this thing could backfire for someone with a horrible, horrible Terminator phobia. This, I, I am adopting your robots are going to kill us for this because replicants, like tiny replicating nanobots that can squeeze into tiny crevices like this, in your out. mouth. In your mouth. <laughs> like, this no. is like the Terminator being shrunk down, Ant-Man <laughs> style, to attack your teeth, your luxury bones, the yeah. part of your skeleton that sticks out of your face. <laughs> just crawling around. Just brush your teeth. <laughs> just... Yeah, right? How lazy do you have to be? I need a robot to brush my teeth for me. <laughs> just give up. Oh, Give God. up at that. So if, that... if this is the reason why Skynet takes over like this, just this. <laughs> so the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has approved the use of iron oxide nanoparticles in the past for use in other biotech products from contrast agents that get injected into MRI patients, mm -hmm. as well as delivery systems for some drugs. So these nanobots or these nanoparticles have been on the market for other things, but we've never talked about just casually having them roam around our teeth and gums. <laughs> uh, so Absolutely how does it work? Are. Magnetic field-directed assembly of nano, this is just from the press release. So there's going to be a lot of language we may have to break down here. Sure, sure. Yes, yes. Magnetic field directed assembly of nanoparticles into surface topography adaptive robotic superstructures, hereafter <laughs> referred to as stars. Stars. Oh, well, that's well, that's charming. Yeah, um, they they did a good job. Way to go, engineers. So magnetic guidance of stars for precision guided biofilm removal that's the cavity scraping or black yeah, scraping yeah. Uh -huh. and diagnostic sampling they <laughs> and here's where it starts getting terrifying again these structures extend or retract at multi-length scales to operate <laughs> on opposing surfaces rapidly adjust their shape length and stiffness to apply high shear stress Stars can enter <laughs> angled grooves or extend to narrow crevices, scrub biofilm from the surface, and produce reagents on site. It can also <laughs> capture any escaping bacterial, fungal, viral, and matrix components for multiplex diagnostic analysis. Oh, and in case you were wondering how did they test it? Ex vivo human teeth. This is the Terminator <laughs> Tooth Fairy. Scientists have real human teeth that they were running these robots over, and they're like, boy, we can't wait to get these in your mouth. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, yeah, because they had to test it on some sort of a, you know, surface that is going to simulate what they're trying to clean off of, right? So they got donated fallen out teeth or teeth that were extracted, right? Then they painted a, a biofilm onto them. They assembled the teeth and not like a whole row of teeth. Okay. This isn't like <laughs> the engineers aren't in the back. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Were you there at the tooth fairies factory? No, no, no. I'm looking, I'm looking at their <laughs> figures. They just, assembled two teeth, just two of them, in a row. So you have a, a small mini oh, surface. Why are they so pointy? Yeah, they're just incisors, that's why. And so they just put them side by side, so you actually have, you know, like a crevice in between the teeth. And then, you know, put them in. They painted a little biofilm on it so that it could pick it up. And then... This is kind of the neat part, Josh. Do you remember, you know, when your mom or dad would give you toys to distract you and stuff? Because, Josh, leave me alone for a little bit. We, as 80s children, used to have this one where you had iron filings that were in the middle of something. And then you could take a magnet and actually spread them out and paint a picture. Or even, you know, if you had an Etch-A-Sketch which is made on the same principle, right? Iron filings, and then you turn the, the knobs in order to move the, uh, the magnets underneath in order to pull up the, the iron filings in a row. So, this so you're is saying this... they could clean our teeth remotely? Sounds kind yeah. of sketchy if you ask yeah. me. <laughs> it is, it is. So you, you fill the mouth, <laughs> you fill the mouth with the nanoparticles, the magnetic nanoparticles. And we're then, not selling this. No, no, no. And then the the magnetic field is applied from the outside. So you put your head in the magnetic field, and then there's an operator that tunes it uh, the, and move the magnets. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com around so those little nanoparticles essentially like sand iron sand can scrape along <laughs> the gums and the teeth they can sweep away plaque and everything like that as they they skid across your teeth and then the final thing that you were talking about that it could collect they can magnetically collect all of those nanoparticles out of your mouth so imagine those stream of sand like just coming out of your I will not <laughs> just coming out past your lips and they can collect that into a little jar and it'll carry with it 
all of your bacteria and all the nasty stuff. So you could potentially say, oh, you know, he has these streptococci and these fusobacteria and these porphyromonas and this kind of thing. And we can create a custom microbiome fighting and helping toothpaste just for you based on what we scraped out of your mouth with this little magnetic sand. <laughs> I mean, you could, or you could just look in my Amazon search history where I'm sure they've already collected all of that data <laughs> about my microbiome anyway, based on my last like six purchases and film rentals. <laughs> yeah, but it is, it is creepy to think about, you know, hey, eat this sand, Josh, but don't swallow it in <laughs> the magnetic field just moves it around no. and you feel you feel the sand moving over your gums and teeth. <laughs> now my general distrust of artificial intelligence has been well documented throughout yeah. the nine years that we've been mm. doing this show. Yeah. But this is not entirely different to the way they help to steer like the use of magnets to induce movement in medical treatment is not new. In fact, for at least the last five or six years, we've had capsule endoscopies uh, and small micro robots that can be encouraged to go around. And we've talked about them in previous journal clubs. This would also be an excellent way to obtain samples closer to the root of a tooth while without affecting the gums. Um, these right. sterile sort of nanoparticles would not induce the same sort of auto-inflammatory immune response that you might see from a more organic bacterium or viral vector. So it yeah. is safer and less likely to cause new infections. For dental procedures, it could be done with greater control. There's a lot of good things about it mm -hmm. for humanity in general. I still don't like it. No, to be very fair, Josh, this isn't AI, right? This isn't the robots controlling themselves or having to think. So far, you do have to have an operator. The, the machines themselves, the nanobots, or, or I should say nanoparticles that are inside of the, in the mouth or over the teeth, they don't have any kind of robotic ability in and of themselves. Like there's no moving parts. There's no thinking to that thing. All of the movement is being done by the external magnetic field. And so far, that has to be done by a human operator on this particular test. They didn't, they didn't set up a computer to try to trace these kind of things. But yeah, they can actually, so just brushing right, they can do those nice circular movements and that kind of thing. And the flossing is they can go between and all that kind of a thing. But yeah, clinically, they, they totally can. Instead of having to rip open your gums to get to the root, you can just have these little tiny particles get in between and clean without causing all the peripheral damage. That'd be so cool. You know, like ghosts or demonic possession. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beelzebub, enter the patient's mouth and retrieve the microbiome and polish their incisors while you're in there. Ooh, it tickles my tongue. <laughs> and then like Beelzebub is like happy to do it because he gets his jollies off of that. Right. <laughs> so now that we've talked about bandaging your cuts with webs and skin products and robots taking over your teeth, we've gone from the future, we've gone to the past. 
now I'm going to tell you something that isn't so much horror as something that we never really thought about. Okay. When you take a pill, Santosh, yeah, for yeah. any reason, even a vitamin, Okay. what are you normally doing? Are you sitting up? Are you touching uh, your toes? Are you backflipping, somersaulting, <laughs> laying in bed? Sure, sure. Uh, I personally, so I, I do have to take medication in the morning. And what I'm usually doing is I'm standing up at my sink. So I'm, you know, go to brush my teeth. Um, I take my meds first in the morning. And I'm, yeah, I'm usually standing up straight. You're doing it wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> Standing up, maybe, because researchers at John Hopkins University recently performed one of the most complete simulations of the human stomach and how it absorbs drugs. And it turns out that your posture affects Mm -hmm. the pills you take. Oh, neat. Oh, so not the, I'm guessing not the action, but how it gets down into your stomach and intestines and get absorbed and stuff. Well, kind of the action because when we the next time we have Eleanor back our space pharmacist we can talk about the pharmacokinetics of drug absorption and if it takes place over too long a time insufficient amounts of a medication will be released and the drug will not have an its intended effect similarly if you're somebody with a digestive condition like a gastroparesis or okay. muscle spasms that also can affect how a drug is absorbed and therefore dispersed in the body so yeah posture can affect whether or not a pill works and now here's where it gets fun over the course of okay. this investigation <laughs> here's here's I'll, I'll bury the lead they found oh, okay, that okay. leaning to your right at a roughly 45 degree angle I'll wait. Okay. Go ahead and try it. <laughs> it's just a 40, 45 degrees to the to the rest of your body. Yeah, forty five degrees okay. to the right. So that that's 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 not easy. That's you that, have to be pretty flexible. That okay. can that can cut in half the time it takes for a pill to dissolve compared <laughs> to an upright posture. Uh, <laughs> conversely, okay. Lying down on your left side is the worst possible posture. Something to keep in mind for those of you who take pills right before going to bed. Oh. Um, and that can ca- lying on your left side can cause pills to take up to five times longer to dissolve than in an upright position. Five times. Holy crap. So when you and I, Josh, think about like the half-life of a drug or the absorption of a drug, you know, sometimes we are talking about on the absorption of a drug, maybe 30, 40 minutes, an hour. Like you're, you're talking about going from like an hour for the actions to kick in to like five hours. Like that's crazy. Let's talk about, we'll make it simple. We'll put this in context. One of my favorite, uh, pharmacofacts to talk about with my med students is, Mm -hmm the famous pharmacodynamics and kinetics of everybody's favorite water pill, furosemide, also Mm -hmm. called Lasix, so named because it lasts six hours (laughs) as an effective half-life. Oh, that's pretty good. I like that. You've told us this before on the podcast. I love it. So if you take a pill and you're lying on your side, so six hours to dissolve. Now, 
if a pill takes six hours to dissolve and it, you know, five times longer, that half-life is already pretty long, probably sure, not sure. going to significantly affect your ability to absorb Lasix regardless of what position you're lying in. But right. for something like nitroglycerin or oh, yes. any or nitrate-based medications that are supposed to be absorbed very quickly. Um, right, right. So this is why, Josh, we do have sublingual formulations and that kind of a thing. So we we bypass this a little bit because we're able to deliver it straight into the bloodstream from these very prominent blood vessels that are just in your mouth, like under your tongue. If if we're able to formulate it that way, most drugs we cannot formulate that way. And often you don't. You don't want it to. You want a slow, steady absorption after breakdown. But Josh, this could really affect care because if you're saying that, you know, a, a person is not so bad in your hospital, for instance, because usually we're talking about adult patient with Lasix, although we use it in kids, of course, but you say, okay, I need to give this Lasix, but I don't need to give it IV. I expect it to work in, you know, so far. And so you're expecting to see a reduction in their water weight and you're you're tracking their ins and outs but you might be fooled into saying that like oh my god the furosemide isn't working your patient is in heart failure and maybe you give it again or you give too much but all you would have to do is wait because their posture is off i mean amongst other things so since the stomach has an asymmetrical J sort of shape, and I love that the organ that drives so many of my actions is shaped like my name. <laughs> um, yeah. Yep. But the idea is because of its anatomy, pills can end up in different sections due to gravity, depending on your posture. Are you slouching? Well, now maybe it's angled a little bit forward. Are you standing straight? Are you leaning to that 45 degree side like James Dean? Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, the With, fact without that, the cigarette, though, without the cigarette, the fact that your posture could maybe have an effect on your absorption has been known to doctors for some time, just like you said, like, oh, yeah, I guess that could make sense. But how significant the effect was, was really anybody's guess. <laughs> so I love, I love that they actually undertook a study to prove this. And there are beautiful illustrations on the, the uh, website that you put in our show notes that actually illustrate the transit time through the intestines and how it goes and everything else like that with axis markings and things like that. It is so cool. So they tested, once they had built this stomach model, they tested the most, the four most common postures, which are standing completely upright. So I already know that's a lie. It's really standing mostly upright with a slight slouch because <laughs> yeah. life has beaten you down. But that's a <laughs> long sentence to put in a scientific <laughs> journal. Yeah. So yeah. we're just going to say standing completely upright. Yeah. Leaning or lying at a 45 degree angle to the right. Leaning yeah. or lying at a 45 degree angle to the left or lying flat on your back. Okay. So okay. the researchers found on average, it takes a pill 10 minutes to dissolve on the right side at that 45 degree angle compared to 24 minutes to dissolve in an upright posture 
Okay. Over 105 minutes when laying on the left side. Wow. Okay, okay. And laying straight on the back was largely tied with standing upright at about 25 or 26 minutes. Dude. If your pill's not working, stop your standing. Do the rock away. Lean right. Lean right. Lean right. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, this is so cool. So there's definitely, especially in the hospital, but also at home and everything else like that, this is advice that physicians and pharmacists, nurses, we should be giving our patients because this could really, really mess with how these folks absorb their medications and whether or not it works, especially on time. And then we really care in medicine about the spacing of how the doses goes because we're estimating for the half-life and the action of the drug. So if we're not accounting for this factor, which is pretty important, that's huge. And Josh, we do have patients who they're upright, they're ambulatory, they're able to lean right and lean right if they need to. But there are definitely others that are supine. They're on their backs all the time because they can't get up because they might be in various levels of consciousness. And we feed them their meds through something like a gastrostomy tube. And in those cases in the hospital, it may actually be really important for us to kind of posture them properly. Not all the time because we have to move them around so they don't get bed sores, but especially during administration of medications. This is really important. I think it it expands the field of knowledge and now when you take yours when you take your pills in the morning, you know, I'm I'm picturing you being like, "Ah, oh, now I got to do a yoga pose just to make yeah. sure this works on time." <laughs> yeah, you got to you got to go with the terror squad, man. <laughs> you got to go with Fat Joe. You got to lean right. I don't care, man. <laughs> so the body horror of things that can be done by you. But mm-hmm. I do want to close out this last one, which I feel like fits with the body horror motif because it horrified this body. It's time <laughs> It's time for the mini segment, TikTok medicine, don't. Uh- <laughs> Oh, God. Josh, do we have to? Yeah. No, we really do, Santosh. Because if it shows up in my TikTok feed and I let it go unaddressed. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. So let me ask, Santosh, have you heard of Sleepy Time Chicken? No. Do I want to? What if I told you NyQuil chicken challenge? Dude, don't. No, come on. Like, is this like, okay, so you have a chicken sandwich and you chase it with NyQuil or something and it. Oh, God, it's no, it's to even do, like, worse. mess with you. Like, it, it makes the NyQuil work better. Or you get high off the chicken. I don't. What? Josh, no. What what could what else could that possibly be? It's so much worse than that. Every time I think humanity reached peak cringe with the <laughs> Tide Pod challenge. So now, okay. now I want to say in terms of media responsibility, 
a lot of these hashtags have been scrubbed. So you can't go looking like it's it's an effort to look for this, which is good. It should yes. be. We don't want this being generally disseminated. <laughs> but okay. if you've come across people typically pour an entire bottle of NyQuil into the pan in which raw chicken is being cooked. This Dude. means the chicken. No, it gets worse. Let me finish. This means <laughs> the chicken is being marinated in high doses of NyQuil. They Whoa. then, on completion, they cook it till it takes on a slight blue tinge. Then they <laughs> pour the remaining NyQuil back into the NyQuil bottle and put it away. What? Let's talk about the many, <laughs> many poor life decisions involved in every stage of this. No, but why? What? What's the... Why? <laughs> why would you do the milk crate challenge? Why would you <laughs> eat a Tide Pod? Why would you do anything on social media? Well, okay, okay. Tide Pod... Okay, fine. They they look a little bit like candy and you're just daring people because you already know that this is going to hurt you. Milk crate Milk crate was the one where you you drink a ton of milk. Santosh, right? let me stop you right here. We've had a former <laughs> yeah. leader of this country encourage people to drink bleach. I'm <laughs> really not surprised at oh. what teenagers with social media accounts may come up with. <laughs> for clout now <laughs> which going okay, into wait, wait. really really quick to be very fair okay this isn't like a ton of teenagers and stuff that go out and do this usually they not be yeah yeah the the number of people who actually go and do this is usually overblown yeah but let's talk about why it's a bad idea regardless of whether or not you wanted to do it. So sure, the sure. average serving size of NyQuil is about 30 milliliters. Sure. 30, size. Well, we're using culinary terms. Yeah, sure, sure. So okay. the average serving size is 30 milliliters or about two tablespoons up to every six hours. A full okay. bottle contains about 350 milliliters. So at least 10 servings worth. Okay. So there's the first problem. Overdosing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. But that's and, and that's problem are... number one of many. We'll continue. Yeah, okay, okay. Yes, yes. Okay. There are a bunch of different formulations of NyQuil. There's NyQuil D or that's actually Robert. There's NyQuil daytime, NyQuil sleepy time, etc. Most of these contain some version of acetaminophen, which is Tylenol dextromethorphan, which is a cough suppressant, and doxylamine or phenylephrine. Tylenol okay. is a pain reliever and fever reducer, but when taken in extensive doses, it can cause complete liver failure to the point that your liver can't regenerate. So sleepy time chicken could straight up kill you. That's just from the Tylenol. Whoa. Okay. Okay. All right. Dextromethorphan is a cough suppressant, but one that acts on our cardiac system. So it can cause heart palpitations, agitation, and hallucinations when taken in excess. A few years back, I think Reddit had a Benadryl challenge looking to get the hallucinations that killed several people because <laughs> you shouldn't overdose on antihistamines. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, also, dextromethorphan affects serotonin levels, which means you can get serotonin syndrome. That's to go along with your liver failure. Yeah, yeah, from the acetaminophen. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, okay, gotcha. Doxylamine, that third component in NyQuil, is an antihistamine, like Benadryl, that can Uh cause sleepiness, dizziness, and just like the dextromethorphan, a rapid heart rate and irregular heart beats after high doses are swallowed. Uh, Okay. Phenylephrine, best known for medications like Sudafed. Mm -hmm. Yes. Constrict blood vessels, which means an overdose can result in high blood pressure, headaches, and even heart attacks when used in high enough doses yeah. and not administered in a proper way. So let's see. Now you're marinating chicken until it turns blue, not a color chicken should be. That's problem number six. Very minor in comparison, but <laughs> blue okay. chicken. Oh, and I also forgot eating the NyQuil chicken isn't the only concern. Uh, inhaling the vapors while oh, heating it's it. cooking! Oh my god! I never even thought of that! So now oh. you can destroy your lungs, your liver, <laughs> your nervous yeah. system, uh, your heart. Uh, are there any <laughs> others we're missing? Oh, wait. You're also concentrating because it's about, what, like 50-60% alcohol in their average oh, high bottle? Sure, sure. Yes, yeah. Well, I, you're, I'm guessing that a good amount of that will burn off. Yeah, because that's of the not, cooking. But that's not the safety you think it is. Because you know what happens when you're burning off the alcohol? You're doing what we call in the culinary world, reducing something, concentrating it, meaning removing oh, yeah. the alcohol in which the medication is suspended, making it even more likely to cause heart palpitations, arrhythmias, <laughs> serotonin syndrome, and. <laughs> an overload of your body's ability to process Tylenol resulting in liver failure. Oh, and by the way, all of these chemicals, these are small molecules, right, Josh? They're not like long strand proteins or something like that, that breaks down. If you cook them for long enough, they're not like bacterial toxins, which break down. If you cook them properly, they, and by the way, not all of those, these are small, tiny molecules. And I don't know, but I'm guessing that quite a few of them are heat stable. And the- <laughs> uh, well, even the ones that aren't, if anything, heat could accelerate and make it take effect faster or more oh, powerfully. Sure. Remember, it, the pharmaceutical world is very carefully researched and engineered over years. They do not expect people to throw these around as ingredients in being the next top chef. <laughs> is there any chance you could tell me? why this was ever conceived of in the first place like why no no, and i'm not even gonna try okay Uh, okay all right fair the point being (laughs) if you are unaware i'm i'm going to assume and the reason i feel reasonably safe talking about these is because i feel reasonably confident that most of our listeners are not going to hear this story and be inspired to run out and make sleepy time chicken and that's because i feel like you listening at home are all very intelligent people. Mm-hmm. You have yeah. all you know chosen to dedicate yourself to learning. And most of you are probably not teenagers. And if you are, you are teenagers who come up with way better TikTok ideas. Yeah. <laughs> there are so many better things to do. Oh, my gosh. That That covers <laughs> the last thing that should horrify you from this week. <laughs> and that also, of course, closes out our oh journal club um, yes. for our spooky travel tip 
I'm going to say find the nearest corn maze to you. It doesn't matter where. For yeah. me in Chicago, I will be going to the Richardson Adventure Farm, which Ooh. has one of the country's largest corn mazes. This year, the theme is James Bond. On, okay. I Ooh. guess it would be on His Majesty's Secret Service now. Uh, yes, oh, wow. oh, we've that's just, true. We've just invalidated 60 years of James Bond's canon. <laughs> mm. So going to one of the largest corn mazes in the world to wander around, get some apple cider donuts, and just soak in all that fall and autumn vibe. Oh, uh, man. The pumpkin spice is out, people. It is out. So, Santosh, where's the nearest corn maze to you? <laughs> we like to go uh, a little close to the valley. So we've got Tanaka Farms, which is in Irvine. There's Mr. Bones Pumpkin Patch, which is in Culver City. And ours that we go to most often is Underwood Family Farms out in Moore Park. Oh, that's and, a good Halloween name, yeah. Underwood. Underwood, yeah. <laughs> so they have a beautiful family farm and they have all kinds of activities year round. For instance, uh, going out and strawberry picking during the summertime, but it completely Halloweenifies when you go out there for your October uh, fest and you're able to go 22 bucks. And, you know, or $14 at the gate, free for kids who are two and younger, lots of parking, and you can do the hayride and the corn maze and all the wonderful things. They've got amazing live music, Josh. And yeah, you can go take a pumpkin home with you. I would love for people to go out to Disconso Gardens right here in Glendale, California, and they have a beautiful event called Carved, C-A-R-V-E-D, where artists josh absolute artists display the most beautiful jack-o'-lanterns you've ever seen and nowadays actually the last few years they have live carving so artists that are professional pumpkin carvers where you can actually stand and watch them make these masterpieces and light them up it is an absolute delight to go to carved at bring Sons your spider webs in case they cut themselves yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's and true. that's it for this week. As mm. always, we love to hear your comments, questions, and feedback. Um, this show is produced by me with a lot of help from Dr. Santosh and friends. Our theme music is composed by Rachel Leisure. If you heard ads this time and you would like to not hear them anymore, please donate and support us. We'll even throw in some bonus content for you behind the paywall. If you <laughs> didn't hear ads, then I might have done this wrong, or you're helping to support us. Either way, thanks. Uh, <laughs> We're really grateful. We're absolutely grateful. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Yeah. Anyway, until <laughs> next time, as always, get your shot, wear a mask, find somewhere spooky, Plan out some fun activities. And until next time, as always, happy travels. Bye, guys. No, no. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.